The Halos tried to win eight in a row, but the bullpen reminded us of why we can't have nice things, Jonathan. And how different would a June and July at 500 have affected the Halos and their record this season? And we are going to share one stat that's going to prove that Shohei Otani is the MVP. Let's get into it. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps all of the Angel fans find Locked On Angels. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can like You can comment, you can subscribe, and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros, here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And John, I hate extra innings. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's terrible. I hate hate Angel's blowpen, Mike. You know, you thought you could get away without... Finishing the season without the blowpen, but yeah. nope, they reared their ugly head and yeah. cost Patrick Sandoval a win on the mound. Ridiculous. This is why you don't trust wins and losses yeah. when you're looking at how good a player is, because you never know what's going on behind Sandoval him. should have 27 wins this season because of that bullpen, <laughs> <Seriously>. right? <laughs> good grief. So, so, so I hate extra innings. I hate yes. Oakland. I hate the stupid drum in Oakland. You do. I hate late night games. <laughs> I, I hate this season. <laughs> like I could go on forever. <laughs> That's segment one. What do you hate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That should be a segment, right? <laughs> well, why don't you breathe a little bit? Breathe in, breathe out, deep breaths. There you go. <sighs> okay. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So the angels lost this one in extras five to four, and it was not because there was bad starting pitching, but right. bad relief pitching and right. Mike just the day after we talk about how we feel like Phil Nevin has done a pretty good job he leaves Kihata in there for like 86 years <laughs> and 86 innings it's like what are you doing man go to somebody else don't yeah. obviously he doesn't have it obviously he can't locate obviously all he has is two pitches you used him to get through the inning why'd you bring him back out for the ninth and then he brings in Aaron Poop and he poops the bed <laughs> Good grief, man. So, listen. You, we, now you need to a, calm down. I know. I'm getting clumped. Listen, we, we're going for our eighth straight win. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, but it was uh, it was a seven-game seven win, win streak. Can't even talk. I'm so flustered. Yeah. And the franchise record is 11 games in 1964. And you know what? I'm glad we didn't get to eight consecutive yeah. wins because the last time we did... I believe was 2014 when yes. we made the playoffs. So yep. we don't we don't deserve nice things no. this season. <laughs> no, it would have been interesting to actually. We won't have enough games to get to 11 wins, but wouldn't it have been interesting to lose as many games as we did in a row earlier this season, and then to actually tie the franchise record of wins in a row. This is going to be. We've said it multiple times. This is going to be one of those seasons. We're going to go look at the stat sheet and we're going to go, how in the heck? Did we not finish in the playoffs, right? We're yeah. going to be like so flabbergasted by this. We're going to see, oh, third place. That must, that's not that bad. Right. <laughs> and then we're going to have to replay all of the podcasts from this season. John, you mentioned Sandoval pitching really, really well. Five innings, mm-hmm. five hits. I'm sorry, six innings, five hits, and six Ks. And he yeah. threw 97 pitches. So this was a really good game by Sandoval, which if there is a positive, 
he's the positive. He's the guy that we can hang on to and say, what a what a great way to finish the season. Now, it does does leave a bad taste in his mouth, but, <laughs> you know. A 2.91 ERA for Sandoval is how he finished this season. So. Wow, that's awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. And Actually, I, Angels, I Angels win on Twitter. They posted a great stat. This is the first time since 2014 we've had pitchers, uh, four pitchers, finish with over 20 starts and and the ERAs that they have. So we have a solid rotation on our hands. Again, the stat sheet's going to tick us off in 10 years. We're going to go, how did they fit? How did they do this, right? Here's here's a couple <laughs> of things that I liked about last night's game, Johnny. I liked Soto leading off. He had mm-hmm. two hits and a run scored. I liked Rendon back in the game. He had a really mm-hmm. smooth play on defense at third base. I like Joe Adele with two RBIs. He he has a yeah. really great swing, and our buddy Jared Timms actually did a side-by-side of Joe in April yes. and then Joe recently. So we're going to do a segment on that coming up soon. But I, I love that he's making the adjustments, and, and he got a really great hit to knock in two runs. And, and you're right, this game looked really good for a long time, and then the bullpen just decided to completely fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. Rendon uh, looked like he was getting his feet under him again. He had a couple of... Uh offline throws there but also some great plays as well he struck out twice and he was trying to hit something the other way you could tell so I think he's just going to need a few more reps obviously he's probably just going to play tomorrow and I think that they said he was going to take the day off Wednesday which is fine I'm just glad that suspension is out of the way and so we don't have to worry about that coming into next season yep so he'll have a a full and healthy offseason and come back into spring training yeah, I, I love this lineup. I love seeing Soto at the top. I was like, oh, why'd you move him? And then I realized that's a pretty good bat to have there at the top. Right. I still contend, Mike, I feel like David Fletcher succeeds the most when he's number one. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. And, and maybe I got to dive into the stats a little bit more on that and just see how he's performed at one and at nine and see how those compare. But I didn't, I didn't not like Soto at the top. I sure. liked him there and it was good lineup construction. Soto, Trout, Shohei, Ward, Ren, uh, Rendon, and then later Renjifo. Great top five. Yep. I love that. And yep. then you have Fletch at the bottom to kind of spread things out a little bit more. And how about Ohapi, man? That guy moves behind the plate. There was a moment where Patrick Sandoval stumbled on his delivery and because there were runners on base. He actually had to throw the ball. Otherwise it would have been a balk. And Ohapi slides like Trey Turner style. Yes. Slides over and catches the pitch behind the hitter. And even the hitter was like, what What just happened? <laughs> and and I there was a couple of other plays where he was catching some outside pitches. And, man, don't take for granted a young 22-year-old who can move around like that right. behind the plate. Right. Man, that guy is just all over the place, and he does it so effortlessly, yes. and I really love seeing that. So I felt like he called a good game behind the plate and and really caught well behind the plate as well. Speaking of future segments, we're actually going to talk about Ohapi on tomorrow's show. The Mets called up their number one prospect, and he's the number one prospect in all of baseball. He's a catcher, mm. and their stats actually are pretty comparable. So we're going to talk about that, another tease for uh, a future show. But I, I really like Logan Ohapi behind the plate, and I mm-hmm. like his bat, and he really seems to be tracking the ball well. He drew a walk, and it's really going to be the defensive side that I think a lot of us are going to be celebrating because, again, throwing it back to the Molina brothers, 
it feels like we've got Benji behind the plate again, right? It feels mm-hmm. like we've got somebody we can be confident in, but also somebody yeah. that isn't a hole in the lineup, like say like a Jeff Mathis was for so many years for us, right? <laughs> and even even Stassi this year has really been a hole in the lineup. And to have Ohapi in there and you have confidence, he's going to make contact. He's going to have great situational hitting. And he's also going to manage this pitching staff really, really well. Mm-hmm. And he managed Sandoval really well. And I know the A's have 102 losses and they're not a great team. But I think Sandoval's success last night was really contingent on the game that Ohapi was going to call for him. And so they look like a really great battery. The A's have plenty of guys who can get our goat on that team. Seth Brown and and uh, uh, Sean Murphy, those guys, Shea Langoliers can hit bombs. Yeah. So the, the, they're going to be right back in the next two years, I imagine. They'll be a problem once again yep. because they're going to have so many great, solid prospects evolve into everyday players, uh, which is what the A's constantly do. So all of that to say, I think Patrick Sandoval finished the season on a high note. I know he didn't get the W. He should have got that W. But you know what? Wins and losses are ridiculous in this day and age. You can look at his other stats and see how great of a pitcher he's been. Getting swings and misses, mixing the change up in there, and getting guys to swing through that. Patrick Sandoval is going to be an important piece of this rotation moving forward. I'm excited for Angels pitching for once in my life, (laughs) uh, or at least in the last 10 years, uh, for a change. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to give you one stat that proves that Otani is the MVP, even on a bad team. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And alert, alert, we have just two more days to get in our survey, (laughs) our 2022 Angels Player Survey. We want to hear from you, and we want to know how you would grade each member of the Angels roster, one to five, and leave some comments along the way. Of course, the link to that survey is in the episode description on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find it there. And Wednesday will be the last day, and then we will share those grades on Friday's episode. Well, Locked On Angel fan Andrew, who is uh, from Angel's Top Plays, he's been on the show before. Yes. He's a great friend. And he tweeted out something pretty interesting, John. He shared the records that the Angels had for each month. So I'm going to read through the records and then let's have a conversation about this. In April, the mm-hmm. Angels got our hopes really high and they were 14 and 8 to finish mm-hmm. that month. And so we thought we're going to the World Series and then Walt Disney World. And then in May, we were two games under 500, 13 and 15, but we were still we were still looking good, right? And then June right. hit and that's when the losing streak started taking place. We were 10 Oof. and 18. Then July, we were 6 
and 18. And then in August, we rebounded pretty well. We were 14 and 15. And then September, we were two games over 500. Now, Andrew Mm -hmm. pointed this out, and here's where I want to have a bit of a discussion. If the Angels went 500 in June and July, right Mm -hmm. now, they would be 83 and 76 and three games out of a playoff spot. So that was when Mm -hmm. he tweeted this just a couple of days ago. So we Mm -hmm. would be in playoff contention right now if we just finished at 500 in those months, John. So again, this is going to be really frustrating when we look back at this season. But it really brought up some interesting questions. And so I'm going to fire all three questions at you and then we can have a discussion here. So if this was our position right now, we were three games Mm -hmm. out of a wild card spot. If we were 83 and 76 right now, what would happen to our team? So here's three questions. Would this have been considered a successful season for the Angels? Hmm. Would Joe Madden still be the manager? Hmm. And would Levon Soto be leading off in a game against the Oakland Athletics and playing oh, at short for us? Yeah. So why don't you hit yeah. the first question? Would you have considered this, if we were three games out of a wild card spot right now, would you have considered this a successful Halo season? It's got to be playoffs for me. I, okay. I understand that we've been under 500 for the longest time, the last seven years, and uh, including this year. Uh, since 2016. I understand that having a winning record would be fantastic, but the fact is this. There was another wild card spot opened up. Other than 2020, when there were 16 playoff positions, this has (laughs) been the best opportunity for the Angels to get into the playoffs, or at least the wild card, and they didn't do it. And for me, I think moving forward, it's got to be playoffs as long as the structure stays the same. It's got to be playoffs to be a successful season, in my opinion. What about you? I absolutely agree. I think it's playoffs or bust. And and obviously, you want to go further in the playoffs than just yeah. actually getting there. But I think for this team, because it's been so long, I think it's playoffs or bust. So this would have been an exciting season to watch. Mm-hmm. And because we've been playing really well in the last seven to eight to nine games, mm-hmm. it would have been awesome to be in kind of in contention and watching the games and being excited about like an extra inning. We have to win this, right? Well, consider this. I know it says we'd be 83 and 76, but some of the losses in June and July pointing out what Andrew was talking about. Some of those losses were against guys who are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. The Mariners, the Rays and the Blue Jays, right? Like some of those losses came against those teams. So if we had gone 500, during those months, there would have been more wins against more of those teams. And right. so I imagine the playoff spot would be a lot closer than what we'd be sitting at in this hypothetical situation. I think that we'd yeah. actually be in contention because we'd have more games up on teams like the Mariners or the Rays or the Blue Jays, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so question number two was, would Joe Madden still be the manager of this team if we were right here, almost in playoff contention, three games out. Yeah, because four and eight doesn't, you don't get fired for four and eight. Yep. You get fired for 0 and 12. And the fact is, is he was making a lot of decisions that we found frustrating as fans. And apparently Perry Manassian found frustrating because since then, Joe's gone on the record to say, well, Perry wanted to talk to me about bullpen usage and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, of course he did. Right. Because so did we. Man- <laughs> yeah, so John and Mike wanted to as well. Yeah. Joe. So I think he still would be the manager because there wouldn't be any reason to fire somebody over four and eight. Right. Yeah. But oh, and 12, 
when he got fired, and eventually I know it became 0-14, but yeah, I think I think he would still have his job at this point. Yeah. Not sure he'd be back next season, but probably still the manager this season. Yeah, and that's where I was going to take it. Two things. One, if he was still the manager, we would have a lot of really great content, and we would be really, really frustrated, right? And so <laughs> second, I don't think he would have made it to the next season. I think he would have been let go at the end of the season, and I think they would have announced yeah. that really His fast. His contract was up. Yes. This season. So yeah. they just would have said, yeah, we're, we're done. You know, Thanks, but no thanks, Joe. Right. Okay. And then <laughs> now Levon Soto is the name that, that kind of came to mind, but you made, mm-hmm. you made a really good point. If Joe Madden was still the manager, I'm wondering what would happen with like Jose Suarez. And I'm wondering what would happen with some of our younger guys. Right. And so uh, we can talk about Levon Soto first, but then feel free to expound on that. But would we have seen Levon Soto in the majors, Johnny? If we were really close to this wild card, which means maybe that we did stay healthy, which means that we were in contention, would Levon Soto be doing what he's doing right now if we were this close? I think so. I think Andrew Velasquez hurts his knee regardless in this hypothetical situation. Yeah. So you're going to need somebody to play shortstop. And I mean, look at what the Mets did. You know, they brought up their catcher, their top prospect, and they're trying to get into the playoffs as well. So. Yeah, I think I think Levon would still have had an impact down the stretch, especially if Velasquez got hurt and they still needed that middle infielder, which they did. And so he was he was next in line, right? I mean, I don't know. They they maybe they would have done a, a Keen Wong situation Ugh. or or something like that. Gross. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Perry Manassian would have said, "Hey, you know what? We're bringing this kid up, and yeah. he's going to be on your roster." Yeah, I am really curious as to what would have happened with like a Soto and other young players because Mm -hmm. Joe just didn't seem like he had a handle on how to manage those guys he would yank Suarez Mm. really quick and his bullpen usage was terrible and so I wonder if Soto would be as successful if Madden was his manager he seems like a great Mm. kid he seems like he knows what he's doing handles the bat plays really great defense and maybe he would have fit right into what Joe Madden wanted to do. But I think Phil, so. But Phil Nevin does have this ability to really fire up the young guys and really give them a lot of confidence. And so I'd be curious to see what would have happened. I wouldn't I wouldn't want it to happen, but I'd be curious to see what kind of effect Joe would have had on a Levon Soto. But man, it's so interesting, just little, little tweaks, how things could have gone in a different mm-hmm. direction. If we just finished at 500 in June and July, we would be right in the mix right now probably eliminated because we lost the game last night but we would be right right (laughs) in the mix more frustrated yes and I think I think the thing that I want as an angel fan is yes I want playoffs but to be in the mix there's something about being in the mix right there's something about being in there and knowing that you you have at least an opportunity what was it John was it was it 2015 when we were in the mix at the end and we had the very last game. Yeah. We had to sweep the Rangers in order to get in. And so I remember watching those games and being like, you know, palms are sweaty, mom spaghetti. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really nervous about that. So (laughs) I, I, that's, that's kind of like, I think that's what a lot of us fans actually miss. Yes. We want to get to playoffs. Yes. We want to win the world series, but to know that you have a chance, we just want to just give us a chance. You're telling me yeah. there's a chance. That's all yeah. that we want, right? Well, we're now tied with the Tigers for the longest playoff drought in terms of appearance. Hooray! And <laughs> and uh, well, you know what? Good. I think that this needs to light a fire yes. under their butts because, yeah. Mike, I, it's ridiculous that 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 it's come to this. We haven't been able to do it since 2014, 
when we had a winning season in 2015. We had all the opportunity in the world in 2020, and we had even more opportunity this season. I understand we had injuries. You don't have to tell me everything that went wrong this season, but we didn't have the proper pieces in place. And honestly, it seems so easy. Like, you know, when somebody says, hey, what's wrong with this thing? Or like the TV isn't working, and you go, oh, you just got to hit the hit the button. And, oh, thanks for fixing that for me. That's how it feels with the Angels. Yeah, like, yeah. what's wrong with this team? Oh, you just got to you just gotta turn this knob here, and you right. just got to dit 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 and it's fixed. There you go. <laughs> it wasn't that hard. Right. And that's really what it feels like with this team. Get yourself some starting pitching. Get some bullpen help. Get a left fielder. Probably get a middle infielder. We're kind of torn on that because of Soto. But it's so easy. Anybody could do it. It's like, stop trying to put the square peg in the round hole and and do things way more complicated than you need to. All you need is like three or four pieces and you're in the playoffs. <laughs> Rant over. Johnny, speaking of making things look easy, Shohei Otani does that every time he's out on the mound, right? And so I want to share a stat with you, and then let's have a conversation here about the MVP, Shohei Otani. All right, so he's starting on Wednesday, and he has a chance to win his 16th game, Mm -hmm. which is is great. He's 15-8 and right now, and as of this recording, the, the Angels are terrible and under 500. <laughs> but here's what's really interesting about Shohei. The Angels have won 16 of Otani's starts mm. and they have lost 11 of those starts. Mm-hmm. He's 15 and 8, they're 16 and 11. In Angel wins, Johnny Otani has an ERA of 0.69 when he wins. 0 when he wins. 0.69. Like nice. What an incredible <laughs> What an incredible stat, first of all. Like, not even giving up more a run a game, that's, that's, an earned run a game. three-fourths of a now, person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when he's at the plate, he's creating 1.3 runs per game in, in, the, in the games that he is winning. Wow. So not only is he shutting down their offense, yeah. but he's actually bringing some offense. Right. And so here's the stat that I saw and went, okay, this, this is proof that Shohei Otani, even if he's on a losing team, has to be the MVP, okay? Mm-hmm. So when he starts, the Angels have a 96-win pace Wow! when he starts. When he starts. When he doesn't pitch, the Halos have a 68-win pace. <laughs> Dang. I mean, war doesn't measure that, no. right? That's a almost a 30-win swing yeah. when Shohei is on the mound. This isn't right. even talking about him at the plate. When right. he's... On the mound, which is why sign that guy. He's your ace. He's the guy we've been waiting for. He's our he's our Jared Weaver, our John Lackey. He's the guy that we've been longing for for years. Stop yeah. looking at Garrett Cole and everybody else. <laughs> it's Shohei freaking Otani. All right, yeah. so so get, sign that guy. Here's here's my question to you, John. If Otani does this every season, let's say he does this for the next four or five seasons. This is mm-hmm. just average Shohei Otani, right? This is his. This is what he does. Should he be the MVP every season? It's got to be that way. I mean, he if his average is constantly elite like this, then yes. I mean, it makes sense. He's he's obviously the most valuable player considering the fact the Angels win 28 more games 
when he starts versus yeah. when he doesn't. Yeah. Good grief. And you're right. That's something that war cannot comprehend, does not factor in. It's not built for Shohei Otani. No. It was never meant to measure somebody like Shohei Otani. No. So the fact is, yeah, I think he does this every year. He gets MVP. And look, we've seen bad Shohei seasons. 2020 yeah. was his worst offensive season. In 2018, he was a pretty good rookie pitcher. Sure. Uh, but, it, but he had to quit halfway through because of his arm. He's not winning MVP in 18, 19, or 20. Right. He's winning it in 21 and 22 because he's doing both things very, very extraordinarily well. Right. And at a level nobody's ever done it before. For let's just pause for a second. Come forget on. the hit forget the history Come that on. he's making. Forget <laughs> the fact that he is the only two-way player in the league and is doing what he's doing. The fact is, he's had bad seasons. Yeah. And if you took if you took bad hitting from one season and bad pitching from another season and you smushed them together, that could actually happen. That is a possibility sure. that could happen to Shohei Otani. But when you do things at an elite level like he's doing, Mike, he's a better hitter than last year. He doesn't have as many bombs, but he's consistently a better hitter. Right. He's a much better pitcher this season. Absolutely. Going into double double digit wins. He even like, said that. He was unanimous. Last season, I don't know how you can't be at least unanimous again. I understand Aaron Judge has a pretty good case, but we baseball fans fall in love with things like the Triple Crown. Yeah. When you look at like Miguel Cabrera's MVP season versus Mike Trout, Trout had, I think, five more war than maybe yeah. Cabrera that season, yeah. at least three if off the top of my head, but everybody fell in love with records and Triple Crowns. Oh, it hasn't happened in 60 years. Well, Big deal. This hasn't right. happened in the history of ever. 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 Yeah. Listen, couple so that's, thoughts. That's my opinion. Couple thoughts. First of all, if if ESPN and other sports networks do the cut-in when football is on or college football is on to see Judge at the plate, then mm-hmm. people aren't going to vote for him because people are hating that. They hate that they're like, what are you cutting in on my Michigan-Iowa game, right? Or my well, Niner Ram vote, game. That would, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be uh, so, so if they, You know what? Keep doing that. Just keep doing that, and that'll make everybody mad. Second thing, Babe Ruth, the Sultan of SWAT himself, said mm-hmm. he didn't think anybody could keep up with the pitching and the hitting like he was doing. He said it would be remarkable, almost impossible for somebody to do that. Yeah. And then Shohei Otani showed up on the scene and said, I got you, babe. <laughs> and yeah. He decided that he was going to do that. And and you make a really great point that Shohei has had bad seasons and he wasn't in the voting for MVP because no. he had a mediocre or bad season as a pitcher or as a hitter, right? He's, and he's certainly capable of having a bad season. Absolutely. And he hasn't for two years. Right. And this season, <laughs> he has really put together a great offensive performance. His OPS was stronger last year because he had uh, a stronger slugging percentage because he had more home runs, but he's more of a complete hitter this year with his average almost at 280, right? And he's got, mm-hmm. what, an 18-game hitting streak right now. Yes. And so wouldn't it be like Shohei Otani to break... Joe DiMaggio's uh, hitting streak of 56 games in a row, right? Like, I could see him doing that. And then people would still find reasons to say, well, you know, Aaron Judge plays center field and right field. And so (laughs) I just think that this one stat with Shohei Otani giving the Angels almost 30 more wins when he's on the mound, they're on a 96-win pace. 
is just remarkable. And I didn't even yeah. look up Aaron Judge's stats because there wasn't any stats that were comparable to this stat when it That's came to Shohei Otani. <laughs> and so he- here's the thing. Like the guy's the MVP, all all high fives to to Aaron Judge. But again, I'm going to double down and say that this guy should be the MVP. He should get everybody's vote. Mike, a little behind the scenes. It is October 3rd as we're recording this. So I'm going to do a Mean Girls reference. The limit does not exist for Shohei Otani. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast with MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He's bringing humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. And of course, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Getting a lot of fun conversation and messages going over on Twitter and Instagram. So please get at us on social media. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We're going to talk about that money, that money, that money. Uh, Trout, Otani, and Rendon are going to take up about $105 million in salary next season. So... What should be our fan expectations of what the Angels will do and how much money they will spend on other players? We're going to talk a bit about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. We hope that you'll join us again. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.